I remember grabbing the razor blade. And I headed into the bathroom. I was walking towards the bathroom with the razor blade because I wanted to cut my wrist. Hi, and welcome to the Words of Encouragement podcast, a podcast of love, hope, inspiration, and encouragement using the Word of God for people from all walks of life. And of course, I'm your host, Arlena. Welcome everyone and thank you once again for joining me on another episode of the Words of Encouragement podcast. I pray that each and every one of you had a wonderful week despite everything that is currently going on in our country and of course in the entire world. I hope and pray that each and every one of you are in the best of health, best of strength, and most importantly in the best of spirits. And I would also like to take some time out to extend condolences to the family of the late George Floyd. As always, before I begin every episode, I like to start by giving all thanks and all praises to the Father who art in heaven, God Almighty, His Son Jesus Christ, and of course the Holy Spirit. Because without them, I am nothing. But because of Christ Jesus, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Including this podcast and definitely this episode. Once again, I'd like to thank each and every one of you for listening, downloading, sharing, commenting, liking, following, or subscribing. I truly appreciate it even to those who just stop by to see what I'm doing. Nevertheless, I thank each and every one of you, and I do not take it for granted. I also hope and pray that you are able to get something from the episodes, but most importantly, I hope and pray that you're able to get Christ, because he's the main focus of what this podcast is about, encouragement in and through Christ Jesus. Once again, I am bringing to you another special episode. And this is not just any special episode. This is a personal episode. And not just a personal episode, but a very personal episode. It's been a while since I have done a personal episode. And this is something that the Lord had you know, really been laying on me that I it had to be done since 2017. So yeah, it's like three years late. And as I was finishing up the last episode of the Beatitude series, which is a seven part series, the Lord reminded me that this episode still needed to be done. And for whatever reason, I have gotten quite 
a bit of war fear behind this episode. I had to fight to get this episode done. And actually, like I said, this episode was supposed to have been done since 2017. We're three years in. And between 2017 to now, a whole lot happened. So, yeah. However, like I said, I kept getting tri- um, excuse me, I kept getting sidetracked. And actually, I went up because I had the outline written since 2017. And I was like, Lord, don't tell me I have to try to go back and figure out, you know, <laughs> this. I remember like, wait a minute, I did type up that outline. And lo and behold, I found it. And when I pulled up the outline, I was like, okay, I can't even remember half of this stuff. Because at this point, I have come through so much that I had to really get spiritually, mentally, and emotionally prepared for this episode. And actually, this episode was supposed to have been recorded as number 013. And actually, I'm currently on episode 053, so it's like 40 episodes late. But better late than never. And each time the Lord keeps pressing on me. He keeps reminding me that it needs to get done. So until this gets done, I can't move forward with any other episodes as per instruction. So it has to be done. So I'm asking God, as I did before coming on, to give me the strength to get this done. So let's see. Um. So yeah, so let's... Let's, let's just jump in. So, actually, the title of today's episode is called The Great Depression. And this is episode number 054. Now, also, this episode is just outlined. So, it you know, it's not normally like how I would do my reports and then record it. It's just going to be raw and uncut. So... It is what it is. So I will be covering a couple of topics that he wanted me to cover when I initially um, did the outline. And that's going to be, let's see, three, six topics. Okay, so let's jump into the first topic. The first one is living in California with depression. I do not remember exactly when I started suffering with heavy depression. I really, because like I said, I'm so far removed at this point because I've like really come way out. So I don't remember when I initially started suffering with it. But I mean, I would go through little stages of depression, but there was a a time where it was really dark. And that's before I came to know anything about spiritual warfare or was even trained in spiritual warfare. At that time, I think it was like three years since I had first accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. So, of course, when I got saved back then, of course, they didn't tell you, well, you know, I figured, well, I'm saved. So everything would be hunky dory. I mean, that's what I thought. And, you know, they didn't really tell you that, you know, when you get saved, you're going to go through some stuff. And trust me, I went through some stuff. 
<laughs> and it was it was it was hard. So yeah. Um according to this note here, it says living in Cal, so that's where he wanted me to start. So let's see. At that time, let's see. I moved to California in May of 2000. I remember that part. So we're talking about um, 20 years ago. And I moved from California from New York City. And when I moved to California, well, actually, let me back up. California was something I always dreamt about when I was a young kid growing up or a young girl. I'm still young, though. Don't worry. I ain't quite that old. But I, I mean, as a young, even before my teens, I always dreamt of moving to California because you see, growing up, I loved music. And, you know, back then I wanted to meet some of my favorite singers and, you know, and, and stars. And, you know, when I think back to that sometimes, oh, like, Lord, help me. Thank God, I, you know, thank God he woke me up. But back then, yeah, I was no woke. I was a young kid. And that was always my dream. And, you know, growing up, we, you know, you always got this list. Your, your list, uh, whether you want a husband, some children, car, whatever the case was. And on my list was to live in California. And back then, at that time, I felt, well, if I die tomorrow, which was back then, and I hadn't moved or lived in California, then to me, I felt like I, like I, it, to me, like I didn't live. That's how I felt at that point in time. I no longer feel that way. But back then, that's how I felt because I was new as I'm coming into the faith. And, you know, there's a lot of churches out there that do not teach a lot of things. And anyway, so, yeah, I remember as I was getting ready to move. And that was not the only reason that I moved. Also, I also moved to go to college as well, because at the time I was attending CUNY in New York City. I was attending the the um, College of Staten Island and I would work um, I used to work for the hospital during the day and then I would go to class at night and quite frankly this is like I said 1997 this one was and at this point so you're talking about 23 years ago and per credit was not cheap then I could only imagine what it is now I don't even want to know but it was quite a bit. And because I worked for the hospital and I was studying accounting, I was not getting any tuition reimbursement. I would not get any tuition reimbursement. That would only go to people that were studying something pertaining to the medical field. So because I was studying accounting and that's, you know, that, that's my field, um, I had to assume all cost and responsibility, whether it's depending on loans or at that time in New York we had TAP or um, student loans and it was really expensive expensive and at that time California I don't know what it is right now but back then it was $11 a credit at a community college so the way I looked at it like this you know if I picked up my prerequisite classes in California since I wanted to move there anyway at $11 a credit, I could finish my degree much faster at a much more affordable price. 
as opposed to staying at the College of Staten Island. And yeah, so I decided to move. And I remember um, I used to work, like I said before, for an outpatient facility. I was actually, um, I was over medical records for our department, our, our clinic, basically. I was the, lead, the, the head clerk. And um, I remember because my cousin used to, one of my cousins, used, we used to work together. And actually, I kind of had gotten a job through her, not because of her, but she, you know, um, when it was an opening, she, you know, told me about it and I applied. So she invited me to church. She was a Christian. At that time, I was young in the faith. A lot of things I did not know. Still a little hot under the collar. Um, you know, and I remember she invited me to church with her. It was a Friday night. They had some kind of revival and she invited me. So I attended, you know, and while we are at this revival service, the pastor looks at me and she says, sis, you are about to make a move. She said, it's not a good move. She said, the Lord does not want you to move. She said, he got work for you right here. In other words, here was there in Staten Island, New York, where I was at the time. And I was like, because at the time you, you could barely afford to rent an apartment in New York at that time. I mean, you could barely afford to rent it now. And it was quite cheaper back then compared to now. And I'm like, all oh, my money just going and, you know, paying rent. And, you know, trust plan, trying to pay for college, I, I couldn't see how I could do it, especially as a single woman. I really, you know, I didn't know about depending on the Lord back then because, hey, no one had taught me that. And after service, well, when she said it, listen, I frowned my face. So after service was over, as we were headed back, my cousin was dropping me home. I was angry as hell. And I said to her, I was indignant. Let me just be real. I said, did you tell her that I was leaving? <laughs> that time I didn't know things like prophecy. I had no clue. I didn't know God could speak to people. I had no clue. She said, no. I said, well, then how did she know? And she, she said, I didn't. I didn't tell her anything. I said, well, I don't care what she says. I am going. And guess what? Yes, I went. So yeah, I went and I moved to California in May of 2000. And from the jump, early, very early on, oh boy, I, I, there were some brick walls. And it was really hard because I left for California. When I left for California, Lord, it's been so many years. And like I said, I haven't. I have a while I have not revisited these memories. Um, oh my God, I'm trying to remember how much money I went to California. I don't even remember, but it was under $2,000. I can't remember the number. I used to remember, but like I said, I'm so far removed from this at this point. I don't remember too much. 
So as I'm doing this, I'm really relying on the Holy Spirit to bring back stuff to memory because like I said, I'm really far removed from this. And I, I, I think I left for 1200 or maybe 1500. I don't even think it was 1500, but it definitely wasn't 2000. And I don't think it was 1500 either. And out of that money, I remember I had two credit cards that I had just gotten and I had like between the two credit cards, it was probably like $2,000 worth of money on that card, like, you know, that I could use. I remember cleaning my savings account that had about 800 and I took five and I think I left three on the bank just in case I wanted to return to New York. I had something and my father gave me $1,000. So it probably, yeah, was 1500 and when I got to California, I had to pay the one month's rent and they held the apartment for me for two weeks and I never even saw the apartment and I, I rented it. It was a great apartment actually. So God was still with me, even though I was disobedient, but I was about to learn some stuff and actually where I lived, um, was where Marvin Gaye lived before he became famous. And out of that 1500, um, I had to pay, um, <clears throat> excuse me. I had to pay the first month's rent. It's so long. I don't even remember how, what, how much the rent was at that point, but I had to pay the first month's rent plus the two weeks pro rate that they held the apartment. I was like, huh? Cause you know, it was my first time. I, 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 you know, I didn't know. And I think I was left with like, I think I was left like two or 300. Oh my God. God really has brought me a long way. I don't even remember. I don't remember. Maybe had you asked me in 2017, I could still remember. But right now, uh, there's so many blessings. I can't remember. I really can't. So I'm trying my best here. And when I, I think I was left back with a hundred and something dollars, 150, 170, somewhere between there. And no job. However, what I did do, um, I had signed up with an agency in New York that I worked with for many years and I transferred with them into California. And I was at the time I was living in West LA, but they had no work and it was very, very difficult. So I had a, a, a real rough time, you know, finding work, had a rough time getting an assignment. So it was really tough, but the bills are coming. And I remember I would interview, but I wouldn't get the jobs. And it really became extremely frustrating. And when I got to, um, I was able to pick up a little something from a temp agency. I don't even know if they still exist. What was the name of that? I think it was Strivers and they, they hardly paid. So it was like you were working for free, you know, practically. And I can't remember what happened. Oh, I fell sick. Yeah, I fell sick. Um, I ended up falling sick. And I was fine all the time. I fell sick. I don't know if it was because, I, I don't think it was because of how I was eating because I had adopted a, a healthy lifestyle at that point. I had lost like 80 pounds and yeah, I, I was thin. I mean, I mean, I was in shape. In other words, my, my stomach was touching my back. 
And that's the first time I ever seen it touching my back. And I think that was the last time too. And um, I had picked up when they did the test. I, I think it was H. pylori. So I could not breathe. So I ended up getting sick. So I ended up losing the assignment that I had just gotten. But anyway, I didn't like the assignment or the place I was working anyway. So that kind of worked out. But after I fell sick, then they had to send me to um, do different tests. I still had insurance from New York because I used to work for the hospital. And at that time, the hospital was changing over owners. So a lot of us were losing their jobs. Um, I was not really one to lose my job. They were only keeping some of the best of the best. And I was one of the best, not speaking braggingly. But I, I was, you know, um, I was hardworking, honest and, you know, hard worker because that's the way I was raised. When I work, I, I work for God first. So I always keep that in mind that God is my boss. So with God always watching me and me being a God fearing and of course I saved at the time. Yeah, I'm going to make sure I do my work. So, yes. So, of course, they did take notice to that. So when they were changing owners they wanted to keep some of us. So they asked like management, like which ones should they keep? But the rest, they were bringing like all new people. And I think they were saving like five of us. And I was one of the five, but I already had made up my mind that, yeah, I would be moving to California. So me moving out and going, someone was able to get my spot that might not have gotten a spot. And I still had my health insurance because um, part of the package, they would give us health insurance for six months. So when I land, I didn't even realize that my insurance was out. I ended up having to go to the emergency room, hospital, all kinds of different specialists to do colonoscopy and all kinds of endoscopies. And oh, because I couldn't breathe. I couldn't eat. Um, it, it was just difficult. And when the bill arrived... Cause I remember one day they had to, the ambulance had to come for me. I thought the ambulance was free. Hey, I live in the Caribbean. The ambulance pick you up for free or, or so I think, I don't know. Cause I never had to go in the ambulance before when the bill arrived, I couldn't believe it. I said, what? And slowly, but sh surely the bill started coming in. And the next thing I knew, I was like 30 plus thousand dollars in debt from falling sick and I just not too long arrived in California and no job or little you know little work to none and I would interview and wouldn't get the job back then I was really very shy like I said I'm a long way from this um and I was like very, sh very shy person and I didn't get the job. And of course, you know, moving to California, I didn't realize you had to be a certain complexion or you had to be involved in certain things. I mean, I know that today, but back then I didn't know what I know today. And I remember this day I was just so tired. I was, I began to become despondent and it's like, you know, the agency would tell you, you know, call every day, just call, I, um, either call once a week or twice a week, whatever the case was, but either way, 
You were going on these um, interviews, you're not getting the jobs. No assignments, no nothing. The bills are piling. Um, not talking about rent, not talking about food, not talking about electricity. And here comes these medical bills. And I just was tired. I had had enough. Now, this is something I do remember very well. And as I keep going into it, you know, start I'm starting to remember more stuff. So as I keep going into stuff, at times maybe the sound of my voice will change because as I remember some of these things, they're quite emotional. And I remember I, I just I just had enough. And I remember that day I was in a daze. And back then the caller ID had just come in style. And back then caller IDs, for those of you that may remember, it used to be a separate box that you would order from your telephone company and you would plug it into your phone. And then eventually they got phones, of course, with the caller ID. But at first it started with a little box. And when the phone would ring, it would say X is calling or whatever. If it, if it knew the name of the person, the person's name would list it, it would call out the person's name. If not, it would said whatever the number was. And as I look back today, I realized I had been overtaken by a spirit. And it definitely wasn't the Holy Spirit. And I remember hearing a voice. I just was tired. I, I couldn't take it anymore. Here I am, 30000 in debt, no job, no nothing. Definitely not the smartest idea. And I'm still not tying this back to the fact what this lady had said to me, prophesied that the Lord had said. And I remember I got up, I was in, I was in a trance. I really, I remember that very well. I was in a trance and I stood up and I grabbed a razor blade and it was like something was moving me. It was like, uh, it was me walking, but it wasn't me controlling myself. It was something, you know, like really maneuvering me. And I remember grabbing the razor blade. And I headed into the bathroom. I was walking towards the bathroom with the razor blade because I wanted to cut my wrist. And as I'm going into the bathroom, but for some reason, I'm not walking at a fast pace. I was walking like in a zombie-like state. The phone rang. And at that time, the phone used to ring, but it was either bill collector, um, credit, what do you call those people? Then people that credit collectors. But... As I got half the way to the bathroom with the razor blade to go and slit my wrist, I just wanted to end it all. The phone rang and I heard the caller ID start to mention the number and also the name or the establishment or the person that was calling. And it was the agency. 
and out of nowhere it seemed like I snapped out of the days just I just it I just snapped out of it and I'm like and I realized the agency is on the phone calling me and I'm like I wonder what they're calling for because each time they call I didn't it was a call to say you didn't get the interview I mean you didn't get the job after the interview so I'm like what are they calling for now but I stopped the Lord had me stop and it was like all of a sudden I broke out of that trance and I went and I answered the phone and when I answered the phone it wasn't the agency the office that I was signed out of it was the office downtown which I was not signed out of and I remember the lady on the end her name was Ashley and she said to me, um, Ashley, I'm calling from X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, okay. I, uh. And she said to me, Matt, I would never forget Matt, Matt Hall, Matthew Hall. God bless him. Um, he really worked for me. He really did. And she said, Matt referred you to me. I have an assignment for you. She said it starts tomorrow. Um, I think it paid like $13 back then. And $13 back then was, was, was pretty good. No, today, I, I don't work for that today. Who knew? But back then, yeah, that was good. And it was more than good, actually. And she said to me, however, it's just a temporary assignment and it's supposed to go for a month. Well, guess what? That month turned into two years. Yeah. So moving on. After I got the assignment, I was so happy. I was so happy. So you know, I was going to hold on to that assignment for their life. And they, let me tell you, they loved me. And, you know, leave it up to them. I would still be there. But afterwards, after two years, I had to end it because I wanted to go back to school and finish my degree. After all, I wanted to be an accountant or back then I wanted to be a CPA. And got the job and everything, but the bills were still piling up. Terribly. Phone ringing off the hook. But at least I had money to pay my rent, food, electricity, Laundry and whatever, you know, the basic needs, the assignment money covered it. So thank God. But the, the, the bill collectors were coming after me left and right that it wasn't even funny. And eventually I ended up filing for bankruptcy. Um, I, I think it was, I filed like in 2003. Like I said, it's been a long time. It's been a long, long time. And because I couldn't, and I was still trying to fight to pay them. And I remember when I went to credit counseling, the lady looked at me. She said, listen, she said, if you say I say, she said, I'm going to deny it. She looked at me. She said, honey, you can't pay for that. Because it, it was so overwhelming, but I was still fighting to pay it. She said, you can't, not on what you make, you can't do it. So she told me about filing. I think there was chapter seven and chapter 11. So yeah, I took the seven. And of course, with the seven, I think your credit was kind of like damaged for 10 years back then. Like I said, it's, it's, it's been so long. Um, I think that, I think it was 10 or 12 years. I don't remember, but I had no other option. 
So that means I have to depend on money. And I spent a lot of years where I had to borrow. There were a lot of payday loan places in California that I used to have to borrow, you know, money from payday loans. And just to survive. And slowly I started getting deeper and deeper in depression. And every time I said I'm going to get some money, like whenever I would get my tax return, I'm going to buy some furniture. I couldn't. The money was just disappearing. This bill coming for it. That bill. And I started getting depressed. Depression started setting in heavily. And it would set in, especially like on the weekends, more heavier than normal, than usual. And I remember I would just be laying on the floor on the carpet. I had a beautiful carpet in that apartment. And I would just be despondent sometimes and I'd be angry. I was someone I didn't, I, I didn't cry too easily at all. And I would get angry. And when I would cry, it would, you know, it, it, it wouldn't be a, a soul washing cry. It would be just like a cry of anger. So I would maybe, you know, let a couple of tears fall. Cause I always be, um, believed back then that if I cried, I was going to have a nervous breakdown for everything that I had suffered. So I always refused to cry. I said, no, I'm going to be tough. And that's exactly what I became tough. But on the inside, I always had a heart. But I was tough. I was really tough. And oftentimes, I remember when I would be laying on my floor. Um, when, a couple of things that I used to help comfort me during that time. And actually, I and during that period, I ended up truthfully... Um, backsliding away from the Lord because I couldn't understand I'm saved why am I going through all of this not realizing and tying this that okay he told you not to go but like I said what I know today I didn't know back then and I was like what's the point in being saved so yeah I stepped away I stepped out I stepped away I was angry bitter and I remember one day I'm laying on the floor and this happened on more than one occasion and I remember I would hear the enemy say to me you're never gonna make it and you know what I would hear him say to me he said I'm gonna kill you I remember I could hear him clear as a bell he said I'm gonna kill you and what I used to pass like you know back then I would of course read my word still for some reason no matter what I could never get away from the word I always still look towards that word I didn't understand too much but I always still gravitated towards the word of God and I still had the assignment and every day on my way to work because I at the time I lived in like I said West LA and I was working in downtown LA so it was like a 45 to hour drive and I would take the bus to the last stop and then right next door is where I worked. And I would read my Bible on the bus. And also one of the things that a lot of times what I would use to comfort me was music. 
I mean, what I know about music today, I didn't know about music back then. But one of the um, groups that I often listen to that really brought a lot of comfort for me while still holding on to the word of God as best as I could, whatever little I knew at that time, was of course the impressions. There was something about the music of Curtis Mayfield and his style of writing. A lot of the songs, the lyrics of the songs, they appealed to me because they dealt with life. They dealt with things that I was either experiencing or had experienced. And among that, I was also still suffering with low self-esteem. And eventually I will do an episode on that. That's another whole story by itself right there. And like I said, it was really difficult. Eventually, um, I ended up moving from California after living there for four years. And then I moved to Florida. And when I moved to Florida, I became an accountant. I became an accountant for a Fortune 100, top 100 company. And of course, you went through a lot of warfare there because, yeah, there was a lot of favoritism. Um, like I said, I couldn't understand a lot of things then. I mean, today now I know, you know, what was going on, but back then I didn't. So you're often like responding in the flesh. You're often, you know, looking at things in the natural when it really was the spiritual, but manifesting in the natural and you're not understanding what it all means. But today, yeah, I can see it from a mile away. But yeah, I'm, you know, I wasn't there then. And after a year, I did give up that job because the Lord told me to leave the job. And the truth of the matter is, I was, before I accepted that job, I was actually on my way to college to finish my bachelor's degree. And the enemy, which I did not know at the time, the enemy, because like I said, I was knee up with these bills. Well, after I filed bankruptcy, I was dissolved of those bills. So Lord, thank God. But I needed more money still because what I was making, the $13 was not enough. I needed more money, you know, um, to pay rent because I'm a single person, I'm a single woman. And yeah, $13 wasn't cutting it. And it was nice to start, but yeah, and I kept getting stuck in that figure. And I'm like, you know, I need to go up a little higher. But anyway, I decided I was going to go back to school and finish my bachelor's degree. I had, um, filled out my application and I had it in an envelope and I was going to drop it off the end of the day in the mail room so that it could go out. And just as I'm taking the application to go downstairs, my supervisor calls me in for a meeting and I'm like, okay, cause I know I ain't do nothing. But anyway, I went and as I went, they offered me a job. I was like, Cause I didn't go there looking for a permanent job because I know I was my intention was to go back to school and finish the degree because yeah I was gonna be an accountant or a CPA and here she is because I didn't think I could get a job at this company I didn't have a degree I didn't have any experience so 
I wasn't looking for a job. Contrary, my neighbor who was from Hungary had just finished her master's in accounting. And I took her resume so she could get a job. But the problem was she, um, what do you say, Lord? Um, like, you know, when you need someone to sponsor you for work or something, she didn't have that. So she needed a company that would sponsor her. And of course, unfortunately, the company didn't sponsor her. So she didn't get the jobs. And instead, they were interested more in me, which was a first. I should have known something was up. And when they called me into the office and she told me about this job offer, I was I was taken back because I'm like, I didn't apply for any job. I didn't even think I could do a job there because I was just there as a temp, you know, just as a temp, you know, just doing little paperwork and, you know, and that's it. So I'm like, hire me to do what? <laughs> like exactly what exactly? And she said an accountant. I was like, huh? <laughs> an accountant? I was like, what? Now that's my dream. I, I, I said, I, I don't have a degree and I don't have any experience. And they like, they'll train you. So I said, you know, let me think about it first. And then they put the offer on the table. And back then, what they were offering was good because, listen, like I said, I was making 13. And that was a heck of a jump. But there was like a wrestling still in my flesh. But, I'm, you know, excuse me, in my spirit. But I, I still couldn't understand. I still did not understand. And... Eventually, I took it home. I think I slept on that thing for like two weeks. And I did not touch it. I didn't make the decision. So when they see time is running out, but they wanted me bad. Bad. When I, I never seen nobody want me like that. I was like, because I could work. That's one thing. And I, I'm not a teacher, but baby, I'm a learner. I can learn. I'm a beast. When it comes to that, I can, I can pick up things like nothing. Well, you know, when I was younger. And... They kept harassing me. So I said, okay, let me um, make this decision before it passes me by. So they gave me a figure between a certain amount, a certain amount. I said, you know what? I'm not going to take the bottom figure. And I know I can't take the top because I don't have the experience. And neither do I have the degree. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going in the middle. So if I go in the middle and I get the bottom, will I still get something? So I went in the middle. And I filled it out and I gave them the application. Finally, they decided, okay, we have come to agreement. We're going to give you that. Then all of a sudden, the day when the um, employment letter was signed, when it came to my apartment, because they sent it to me, you know, via um, FedEx, it was not the figure that we agreed on. Now, mind you, listen carefully to what I'm saying. My supervisor, I will never forget him. Like, he was my manager, actually. My supervisor was a black woman. Now, she knew what we agreed on. And she wouldn't stand up. She let them give me a lower figure. But I signed it because it was still more than what I was making. And quite frankly, I needed the money. But I wasn't too happy because I'm like, we did not agree on that. I signed based on X, Y, and Z. But anyway, I just, okay, let's get some experience and let's see how this thing works. 
So I never forgot. I could I could hear when my manager came. My manager asked my supervisor, did she sign? I could hear him. Like, you know, they were talking. To, I don't know. They didn't probably realize that I could hear him, but I could hear him. I can't see too well, but trust me, I can hear. And I heard him. And, but, but I pretended like I didn't hear him. Because we had cubicles. So they didn't know I was hearing them. Because most of the time I'm working with headphones on. I was always listening to music. But I could hear them. And he asked her. He said, how much did they agree on? When she, listen carefully. When she, the black woman, told him. He was Italian. He was white Italian. He said no. He said that's not what we agreed on. Mm-mm. And he went up to the top. I will never forget that man. He went up to the top. I don't know what he did. But he he said, mm-mm. He said, that's not what we agreed on. He went up to the top. So I'm still thinking, okay, I'm going to get that. Whatever they decide to settle for. Which was not what we agreed on. But I looked at it like, hey, you got no experience. They wanted you, you know, make use. When I got my first paycheck, it was a pay stub. I saw my name. I saw my social security number because back then they had just started doing electronic paychecks. So you could go online and you could see it. You, you know, I, I, I see my name. I see I, I see the, the social is correct. But it, the, the amount was like, I was like, that looks, something didn't look right. I like, I hope they didn't give me somebody's paycheck. And I'm like, well, what happened to this paycheck? Let me tell you. My manager went up. They gave me 5000 extra on what, on what I initially wanted. But my black supervisor it down to the lowest they went up 5,000 on top of the 2,800 she put it whereas we did not agree to that I signed at a different I'd signed in the middle but she took it straight down to the bottom so they added 5,000 to where she put it at the bottom welcome back welcome back welcome back and of course, I am none other than your host, Arlena, once again. I do hope and pray that you did enjoy this first part of a two-part episode. Actually, when I finished recording this episode, actually, it was like two hours long and I decided to split it in two. So, of course, what you just heard was part one of the Great Depression episode. So stay tuned for part two.